Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is hour number three of the nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here. We're sweating out a little college basketball, talking college hoops throughout the show. And to help us talk a little bit more and to give us more insight, we bring in Matt Humans, VEASAN host and editor here at the network. Humans, we appreciate you joining us here this evening. Got to start with Gonzaga. We saw them win against San Francisco and cover earlier this evening. And from what I'm gathering, sounds like you're not as high on the Zags as the market. <laughs> or do you think they might have some weaknesses heading into March? Hey, guys. Uh, hour number three. I hope uh, Scott hasn't blown up on you, Femi, like Amal Shaw did last week. <laughs> 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 Scott's a little more tame than my guy Amal there, but Amal, I told him on Saturday, he doesn't want that smoke anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think San Francisco wants any more Gonzaga after tonight. You know, it's uh, the West Coast Conference teams below the Zags, I think, are pretty mediocre this season. There, there are years where I take St. Mary's pretty seriously, and BYU's had some pretty good teams. San Francisco just doesn't play defense at the level to be able to hang with the Zags. And we saw that tonight because um, one thing I thought was going to be a problem in this matchup for the Dons was they might get eaten alive around the rim with uh, Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy. And that's basically the case. I think they got outscored by about 20 points in the paint tonight. And the other big thing was San Francisco bricked a bunch of free throws, especially down the stretch shot eight for 17 from the line, but still it's a, it's a San Fran team that hit 11 or 22 threes and lost by 16. So you shoot the ball well from three and still get blown out. The thing about the Zags, and I said this uh, a couple times this week, I wrote about it in Point Spread Weekly. I respect uh, this Gonzaga team quite a bit. I have them power rated number four in the country, and I, for uh, some people, take that as an insult. Uh, I, I know plenty of uh, odds makers and handicappers who think the Zags are clearly the best team in the country. Matt Metcalf there at Circus Sports said he's got the Zags five points better than any other team, than the number two team. I'm not really sure how you can draw that conclusion when you're talking about a Zags team that lost to Duke on a neutral here in Vegas in November, uh, was run off the floor by Alabama in a semi-neutral floor in Seattle. That was really not a neutral. That was more of a home game for the Zags. And in the last two months, who's Gonzaga really played? Uh, tonight was only Gonzaga's fifth true road game of the entire season. 
none of those against teams even close to being top 25 type of opposition. So even though I think uh, Gonzaga by the numbers is right there with uh, Kentucky, Arizona, Duke, whoever else, Auburn, whoever you want to put in their top five or six, I don't think the Zags are clearly the number one team. Like I said, I've got them number four. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting when we get to March if um, if it bears out. Let's, let's say the Zags play Arizona on a neutral. Would you really make Gonzaga five points better than Arizona? There's no way I would. In fact, I make Arizona a slight favorite. So uh, you've, you've got you've to have a team with size on the front line. If you're going to beat the Zags, you're going to have guards uh, with quickness who can defend the perimeter, and you've got to have size. Arizona's got size. They've got um, three guys around seven foot who are skilled big men, and they've got guards who can shoot it. And uh, that's what it's going to take to uh, beat a team like Gonzaga. Arizona's got it. I think Kentucky's got it. Duke has got a lot of physically mature players. Uh, I think this is one of the tougher Duke teams I've seen in recent years uh, in in terms of physical maturity and strength. You you look at a guy like Trevor Keels, I think he makes a big difference for uh, Duke when he's on the floor. So even I'm not knocking Gonzaga by saying I've got the exaggerated fourth, uh, but some people take that, take offense to that and think that's wrong. We'll find out last year. I said for two months that I thought the uh, that Zags team had some weaknesses that could get exposed. I said they had perimeter defenders that were slow-footed, and they would get beat off the dribble by dribble penetration. If they ran into the right opponent with guards who could attack the rim, they were in trouble because that Zags team last year didn't have any rim defense. And uh, Baylor t- turned out to be the perfect uh, team to expose the Zags. And uh, the Bears ran them off the floor in the in the title game, eighty six to seventy. And there are teams out there I think can do that again. So yeah, I'm not of the opinion that Gonzaga is that much better than everybody else. Uh, well, taking a look at Saturday's game, then up in Northern California, would you take the points with St. Mary's at home? <laughs> I, I don't know because St. Mary's is another team that could be just outclassed. And Randy Bennett is uh, the second best coach behind Mark Few in the West Coast Conference. And, Bennett knows uh, as well as anyone what it's going to take to defend the Zags. Do I think uh, they can make them sweat a little bit in that game? Yeah. Uh, do I, Am I going to run to the window taking the points? Probably not because this Gonzaga team is so explosive offensively. You can play them tight, Scott, for 35 minutes, and they can put together a 12-0 run <laughs> while the game opens just like that. You know, we kind of saw it tonight. San Francisco actually fought back in that game. It was a 10-point game inside three minutes. But you just it's hard to get stops against this uh, Gonzaga team, especially when you're talking about um, opponents with mediocre athletic ability and and don't have great size, and that's a deal with uh, St. Mary's and San Francisco. I will say St. Mary's is a tougher, definitely a tougher and a better defensive team than uh, San Francisco, so I'd give them a little bit uh, better shot on Saturday. We're speaking with Matt Humans, VEASAN host and senior editor of Point Spread Weekly. We just saw Illinois. They were seven-point favorites tonight against Ohio State. They lose that game outright. They were down double digits even in the second half in that game before rallying back to make it close here. Uh, this Illini team, they're not as talented as last year's team, but I just cannot get a handle on this squad here. Do you have a handle on Brad Underwood's club? <laughs> I was I was saying the same thing to somebody tonight. We were watching a game. I said, "Man, I can't figure out this Illini team because <laughs> they they've got guards in Frazier and Plummer, uh, Curbelo, guys who can light it up from three. They got the Shack of the Big Ten and Kofi Coburn down there. He's pretty much unstoppable. 
And there's no way you should lose that game at home tonight to Ohio State, especially when you jump out to a big lead early in the game, double-digit lead like the Illini did. That that was a confounding uh, loss to me uh, tonight, and uh, it makes it even more difficult for me to get a handle on uh, what Illinois is all about. And I, I would think, uh, okay, if Illinois gets to the Final Four, I'm not going to be surprised. If Illinois gets knocked out in the first or second round, I'm not going to be surprised either, right? It's such a volatile team, mm-hmm. and uh, you kind of see that in the results, especially just getting beat by an Ohio State team that has not been playing good basketball here for the past week or so. So that loss tonight was an eye-opener for me. I thought Illinois had uh, too much firepower for the Buckeyes, and um I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't bet the game because uh, I thought there was a chance Illinois could bust that one open, but it certainly didn't happen. Uh, we already talked about the Gonzaga-St. Mary's game, but there are several other top 25 matchups on Saturday, Matt. you got Kentucky, Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee, and Kansas-Baylor. Of those, which is most likely to suffer an upset? Good question. Maybe uh, Kentucky, and it's going to depend how if this Kentucky team's at full strength or not. Because uh, we saw last night the Wildcats struggled at home with LSU, and Ty Ty Washington's a big key to that team, which is interesting because when the uh, Wildcats went on the road and blew out Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse last month, Ty uh, Ty Washington had a poor game, and Kentucky was still up 20 at the half and won. Uh, won that game by 20, or won that game 80 to 62. So I, I think uh, have anything less than full strength, Kentucky could be in, in trouble at Arkansas. Once again, Eric Musselman's got a team that's going to be dangerous when we get to the tournament. Uh, I could see Arkansas as a Sweet 16, Elite Eight type of team. So I think uh, maybe the Wildcats got to be on upset alert. And uh, that one, that that game is in Fayetteville, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Uh, I, I was actually going to break down the Saturday schedule later tonight, but uh, uh, I think that even though I have Kentucky rated so highly, uh, if Ty Ty Washington's not on top of his game, it's kind of a different Kentucky team. You guys probably remember early in the season, uh, Kentucky was up nine at Alabama, and uh, Washington went down with an injury in that game, and uh, excuse me, in Auburn, and uh, the Tigers – Roared back and uh, beat Kentucky, and that had a lot to do with Washington being injured early in that game. And Kentucky would have won that game at Auburn if not for his injury. I'm pretty certain. Yeah, no, it's uh, we've been talking Matt about the Mountain West tournament and a lot of conference tournaments all throughout this week here. And I, I can't wait mm-hmm. for this Mountain West tournament coming up in a couple of weeks. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. When we look at the odds right now, San Diego State is favored three to one to win it over at Circa. Boise State's plus three forty. Colorado State's plus three fifty five. Wyoming plus four ninety. Which team do you think is best equipped to win the Mountain West tournament in a couple of weeks here? Well, before the season, I had Colorado State uh, rated the number one team in the uh, in the conference. Now, not by a wide margin, because San Diego State could get there. Wyoming could get there. I'm not a big believer in Boise State, uh, so I would not bet on Boise. And uh, UNLV is going to be dangerous, because the Rebels really started to play much better down the stretch. And a lot of it has to do with uh, Bryce Hamilton, who's been like uh, the college version of James Harden. Here for the past uh, couple months, he's a lefty. He's, he's got uh, all the moves. He's got to step back. He's he carries that offense for the Rebels, and they just swept Colorado State. 
they've been competitive against the uh, top teams in the conference. I felt probably should have beat Boise on the road. I know the Circus Sports had UNLV at 27 to one to win the conference tournament uh, about a week or so ago, and now that number is only around 12 to one. So you lost a lot of value in that bet. But I would probably, uh, I would probably go with. Colorado State or maybe a long shot play on UNLV since the tournament's going to be at their home arena. UNLV, I should say, is actually down to plus 750 now. So the Ooh, Runner Rebels wow. are getting 27 beat. 27-1, 7-1. It's crazy stuff. Uh, humans, we wish we had more time to speak with you, but we got to wrap things up. Thank you for all the That's insights, it? and we'll talk soon. <laughs> I went fast. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Take it easy, <laughs> On the other side, we'll take a look at some of these college basketball games that are winding down, and the NBA as well. This is the Nightcap. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino. Family Bed Face Scott Seidenberg holding things down. For Tim and Sean, who are on a little rest and recovery period mm -hmm. after the big game. And I know you're sweating a little college basketball. My college basketball work here is done. I went two and one tonight. <laughs> so no more sweats for me this evening. But yeah. Scott has two more legs in the parlay that yeah. we are hoping cash and get home for you. A little, little bit of a sprinkle, you know, a little, uh, little pizza money, if they will. Starbucks money go. or whatnot. I like pizza. <laughs> on the parlay and hoping to go 5-0 and and sweep the board here. 3-0 uh, so far. The three legs mm -hmm. came through. Last two legs are USC and Arizona, both laying the points. Heavy favorites, but situations where I think they could dominate. So far, so good. Arizona up 20 points as the second half is about to begin. It's a 53-33 game. Actually, the second half has begun, and now it's 55-33. So I'm 22 to points. Love getting the first basket of the second half. And then uh, USC's second half about to begin. They are up seven 
over Oregon State. They are laying 10.5. So live line is 11.5, so I feel pretty good about the seven-point lead going into the second half. Yeah, and we talked about it during the break. If you had just laid the 10.5 in a straight bet there, you'd feel good being up seven at halftime. So I think you can feel good at this game over in Gill Coliseum. We'll be monitoring it. But make sure that hopefully it comes home for you with the Trojans. Offensively, they can get some things going because their defense is always really good. And I think they can really put the clamps down the Beavers in the second half in that game. So that's college hoops. The NBA also going on right now as well. Welcome back to the association after that long all-star break. Or at least it felt long to me at least. Yeah. Um, the Golden State Warriors right now are up big on the Portland Trailblazers. The Warriors lead 107 to 77 in the fourth quarter. They went off as 10 point favorites in this game, total 227. But we talked about it last night and at the top of the show, the Blazers are kind of like a G League team out mm. there. And that's what it's looking like on the court up there in Portland. Yeah, I said lay it with both the late favorites and uh, it looks like they're both going to come through. I thought Steph would get 30 points tonight, but I didn't take into consideration the fact that with such a big lead, he'd probably not be playing as much yeah. as uh, Curry has played about 27 minutes or so, but he has 18 points and he's had 18 points for a long time now, so he must be just uh, taking it easy there because uh, he has gone uh, a lot. Uh, he's got a, a lot of this game without scoring after he had such a high-scoring first half. Uh, 18 and 14, though, right now. Double-double yeah. double for Steph Curry. He, he's on the sidelines. Maybe he's eating a hot dog like Mark Sanchez was way back when and stuff. It's just He's just chilling right yeah. now as the Warriors look like they're cruising to a victory post-All-Star break. You mentioned Denver. They are cruising against mm -hmm. the Sacramento Kings. They lead it right now 119 to 102 with under three minutes to play in regulation. Denver went off as four-point favorites, total of 236. And I have not looked at the box score yet for Nikola Jokic here. 24 and 12. 24 and 12. Just 24, a, 12, and 9. It's a ho-hum evening for Nikola Jokic. A ho-hum, almost uh, uh, triple-double. This guy is, like, people say stat sheet stuffer. This guy is the ultimate o stat although, sheet stuffer. Although, DeMontis Sabonis. Hey, now. 33 and 14 tonight in a losing effort. It, Outshining Nikola Jokic. That's, Sabonis, is a, he's been awesome since they made that trade. Yeah. Like, and it's not going to mean anything or come to any sort of fruition because it's the Sacramento Kings, but he's been really good. At least he's given the fans something to at least cheer for, for the folks up there in Sacramento. But yeah, like you mentioned, Nikola Jokic has plus minus plus 17, 25 points, 12 rebounds, nine assists, four steals for the Joker in this game, nine of 15 from the field. So Nikola Jokic, who is the second favorite to win the MVP, the mm -hmm. current reigning MVP after winning the award last year. We talked about it earlier in the show that this MVP race is going to be one of the more memorable ones that we've had in recent NBA history yep. because there's about four or five different cases that you can make for these guys, and it still feels like it's up for grabs. Sure, and obviously I'm thrilled about DeMar DeRozan's performance. He keeps as, falling. <laughs> as he is putting in just historical numbers. Like what he is doing this season and what he's doing right now through this stretch the only player in NBA history to accomplish uh, what he has been doing, which is 35 points or more on 50% or greater shooting. Now for eight straight games, Will Chamberlain only did it in six straight, so he's got it with eight straight games. But he has also scored, I believe it's um, 35 or more in, or, um, or 30 or more, I should yep, say, 30 or me, more. in 10 straight games. So uh, joining some exclusive elite talent in NBA history. Uh, he has joined um, 
Michael Jordan as the only players to average 35 or more points on 55% shooting in a single month in the three-point era. Is that good? <laughs> that's that's pretty good. That's pretty and, good. And his uh, his last several games, 37, 38, 40, 38, 35, 36, 38, 45 points. It, he's been off the charts. And I, I, I was talking about it before the All-Star break, or I'm sorry, the, earlier this week as we were leading post-All-Star break, I should say, that eventually he was going to cool off. And maybe he doesn't cool off. Maybe he does not regress because I know it's only been one game, so we don't want to get too carried away here, but he seems like he is picking up right where he left off. Yeah. And a lot of people have those monster DeRozan tickets. I know you have a 50 to 50 one. 50 to one, yeah. 50 to one MVP. He's down to 20 to one over at DraftKings. I believe BetMGM, Aaron, our producer, was saying he's 13 Third, to one, down 13 at one at BetMGM. So the DeRozan steam is coming, yep. and I think now nationally, the conversation is going to start, which is what you need to yep. cash the ticket. Well, here's another uh, stat for you. He's the seventh player in NBA history with eight straight 35-point games. Joining Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, Michael Jordan, okay. Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, James Harden. All really good players. All I don't know. If, did Elgin Baylor ever win an MVP? I don't know if he did or not. I, mm. I have to look back way far. But all the, all the other guys won MVPs. Uh, including James Harden on that list there, because uh, that is really, really good company to be in there for DeMar DeRozan, as he's really elevated the Chicago Bulls team, who injuries to Zach Levine, injuries to Lonzo Ball, injuries to Alex Caruso, and they're the current number one seed right now in the Eastern Conference. Really, really terrific performance. Never won a league MVP, Elgin Baylor. Never won a league MVP. But won an all-star MVP. But never won a league MVP. Hey, he's, an, he's a Hall of Famer. Elgin That's Baylor, all that matters, one right? One of the greatest players <laughs> all that matters. in NBA history <laughs> there. But uh, DeRozan among other MVPs on that hmm. list. Um, we got some news and notes out of the NFL. We've got a few minutes left in this segment here. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. his contract expired at the end of the playoff run there. There was conversations about will he come back? He interviewed with the New Orleans Saints about their mm-hmm. head coaching position after Sean Payton retired. That ended up going to defensive coordinator Dennis Allen as they try to keep a little bit of continuity now with Payton out in New Orleans. But Bienemy today was announced and reported that he will be returning to the Kansas City Chiefs as their offensive coordinator. Now, the interesting tidbit, in my opinion, is that it's a one-year yeah. deal. So it almost looks like this is the last dance for Eric Bieniemy as he tries mm-hmm. to maybe ultimately get a head coaching gig. I don't know why he's not a head coach already. And there's got to be something that we don't know, and we meaning the public, that we don't know about Eric Bieniemy. Maybe um, his communication style uh, doesn't doesn't bode well for being a head coach. Because what other excuse could you possibly give as to why this man has not been named the head coach of the team? I mean, he's been the offensive coordinator for an offense that has been awesome since 2018. He's, his name is brought up in every single head coaching search for the past five years. Yep. Like, why, why has he not gotten a job yet? And I know, like, a lot of people will point to that he doesn't call the plays or whatever. Sure. It's like a lot of Andy Reid assistants never called the plays, never stopped for Doug Peterson, never stopped Matt Nagy from getting a head coaching job. Uh, Frank Reich under Doug Peterson, he got a head coaching job. So it almost feels like, Bienemy eventually we're thinking might get a job, but the fact that it's taking this long and that 
If you would have told me three years ago that in 2022, Eric Bieniemy would still be with the Chiefs, I'd have said that maybe Andy Reid retired and he's the head coach. Because <laughs> this is absolutely insane that he hasn't become a head coach in this league. But I'm sure he's hoping that maybe after 2022, he can once finally get that head coaching job that he so desperately covets. Uh, by the way, you joked around that maybe we should bet Oregon State money line. Mm-hmm. They're winning. <sighs> yeah, that's three win Oregon State as an 11 point underdog down seven at the half has dominated the first five minutes of the second half and leads by two, now leads by four over USC. If you lose your parlay because of a three-win team. (laughs) Well, if I'm going to lose because of a three-win team, I'd like them to win outright and not just cover. Like, I don't want USC to now win this game by six. It's almost like... Screw you, USC. I hope you yeah. lose the game. Yep. <laughs> and I can definitely see that. I mean, because it's just, to me, it's, that's disappointing that the Trojans, they were up seven at halftime. Yep. And we just reached the under 16 timeout. S- outscored 16-5 so far in the second half, in the first five minutes of the second half. At DraftKings, USC is laying five and a half on the live line. Total 150 in this game. Don't you, isn't it like a gift now to take Oregon State plus five and a half? They're up four. Maybe Oregon State plus 255 on the money line. Yeah, they're up four. They're up four. You can get them at 255 money line. Could be a play for you. We'll discuss that during the break and come to a conclusion on the other side. This is the Nightcap talking a little NBA and NHL for Friday. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe, Scott Seidenberg here. And Scott, you are sweating out a nice parlay. And now it looks like Arizona is going to be able to come home right now. They're yeah, they're up, up 26. 26 points, yeah. 13, 18 left to go in the game. But the USC Trojans went from up seven at halftime to down four at the under And this is time. embarrassing. You're playing against a team that has won three games all season. Three, they're three and twenty-two on the year, and you have a seven-point lead at the half, and you're being you're losing sixteen-five throughout the first seven minutes of the second half is absolutely embarrassing. It's absurd. Uh, we looked at the live line earlier last segment. Now it's now down to plus one hundred five money line for Oregon State. It was plus two fifty-five yeah. earlier. Now that might have been a stale number, so it might have been hovering around maybe plus one nineties or so. But now plus one hundred five. On the live line for the money line for Oregon State in that game. They're catching one and a half. Uh, you might as well just take the money line if you're interested in Oregon State to hold on to this lead. I you're, still have faith that USC is going to I have a little bit of faith here because Oregon faith. State is 7 of 11 from three-point range. It's got to Which stop. means they're going to keep shooting the three. And if they keep chucking up threes, they're going to start missing some, leading to some long rebounds. Maybe some fast break opportunities for the Trojans. I just need a 10-0 run here. Tell, you, I need. tell you what, if Oregon State keeps up this pace... 
I am absolutely going to hammer UCLA heading to Corvallis on Saturday. Mm, like that, yeah. that is going to regress in the next game. UCLA coming off of the loss to Oregon. Now, maybe Johnny Juzang, who left the game, we should mention that. He left the game against the Ducks early, only played 11 minutes. If Johnny Juzang is able to play against the Beavers, I'm all over UCLA in that spot. Uh, are we sure that Bill Walton didn't take uh, Oregon State to make the tournament? Because he might be right. <laughs> they they were on at, his list. Let me check. The he part. might be right looking at this team. You know, <laughs> this this was the team that he was probably watching. <laughs> I, I don't believe the Beavers made it. Nope, they did not make it there. Unfortunately, they missed ah. the cut. One of four teams in the Pac-12 ah, okay. to miss the to miss the gotcha. cut. So at that point, I think you thought this might be crazy. Yeah, if yeah, I put yeah, them yeah. in here. Yeah. I'll only put Washington, Washington State, and Stanford in. That feels like it's normal behavior in terms of teams who will make the NCAA tournament as an at-large bid, mind you. Not as winning the tournament mm. as an at-large bid. Um, while we have some time here, we've got about 30 minutes left in the show. We want to start taking a look at tomorrow's action while you'll be sweating out this game at Gill Coliseum in Corvallis. I've been there. It's actually a pretty cool gym to go to. But let's look at the NBA first and all eyes will be on this game between Philadelphia and Minnesota as James Harden makes his debut for the Sixers post-trade of Simmons going to Brooklyn. Harden now in the city of brotherly love. And Philadelphia right now laying two and a half the consensus number on the road, total of 228. And look, you look like you're kind of circling this as a I like Minnesota, yeah. play the Timberwolves. I, I do like Minnesota, and I'm going to wait for that number to go up because I do believe that – the public's going to jump in on Philly mm-hmm. uh, with the whole James Harden news. Everyone's uh, excited. And everyone's going to get excited. And this line will increase, and I'll get a better number on the Timberwolves. Yeah, that, that to me, it's I, it's a stay away from me. I don't really bet NBA day-to-day stuff, maybe in-game. Mm-hmm. Do you bet much in-game for NBA, or do you nah. typically do pre-flop? Yeah, pre-flop. You are a yeah. braver man than me. <laughs> I cannot bet it pre-flop in the regular season. It is just difficult, but... What your pre-flop betting is just mainly situational spots that you kind of attack because the schedules are so uneven in terms of the rest for each team heading into a particular game. Sure, and Minnesota playing on the second out of a back-to-back has to concern you, obviously, Mm -hmm. although it's at home, so you feel much better about playing uh, back-to-back games at home. Big win over the Grizzlies. It would seem to be a fade situation in their next spot, but I think you get up for a game against James Harden and Joel Embiid in the 76ers. I like taking advantage of teams that are in certain spots where they're playing opponents that either it's difficult to get up for, mm-hmm. and so you know you could take an underdog in that situation, or def- definite motivation to, to get a win. Uh, the Miami Heat are laying four and a half at Madison Square Garden tomorrow night, and to me that number is just too low. The Knicks are in complete disarray, and Miami you get up for playing in Madison Square Garden. Yep. So I'm not worried about playing on the road or, or, or laying four on the road. This is a much better team than the Knicks who are not going to make the play-in tournament this year. Uh, don't know what the future holds for Thibodeau, but there's a lot of backlash going on uh, from the fan base and from upper management, it seems, where you have Leon Rose telling uh, uh, James Dolan that it's Tibbs' fault that uh, things are going awry. So I like the Miami Heat on Friday night to blow out the Knicks. Now, we had James Jastrzemski on yesterday, last night, and he's a host of the New York, New York podcast over at the Ringer. I asked him if Tibbs was in trouble. He thinks Tibbs might be safe this year, one year removed from being the coach of Mm -hmm. the year for the New York Knicks. But you think that he might be in trouble just with the CAA and the World Wide West. I don't think he should be in trouble. He should not lose his job. But there is a lot of finger pointing because he has been playing these older veteran players in, and his rotations have not been good enough mm-hmm. to uh, to win basketball games. Like yeah, he Taj should, Gibson some more minutes. He or what? should be playing these younger kids and, and it just shows that he's not he's not going with 
the best lineups that give him the best production. Like, when, when he has a lineup on the floor that's being outscored per 100 possessions, he, he doesn't change it up and go with the lineup that's actually giving you better production. So there's a lot of people that have a lot of issues with the way Tibbs has been coaching this team. But from my perspective is the front office hasn't done anything to give him the pieces yeah. to be effective. The nightcap game in the NBA tomorrow night is a good one. It always is when these two teams meet. It's the L.A. Clippers, L.A. Lakers. The Lakers will be the de facto home team in this game. And right now at the consensus number is Lakers by one, total 223. And starting to become that now or never time for the Lake Show. Like, mm-hmm. got to crank it up as they're the currently number nine seed in the Western Conference playoffs. I'd go Clippers. You take Clippers? Yeah, I take the Clippers here in this one. Um, you know, obviously, obviously the Lakers are a different team without Anthony Davis. And Where do you think the number's going to go? Because it opened one and a half, and now uh-huh. we're seeing one. I could go to a pick em. I think people will jump in on the Clippers here. Yeah, Lakers are such – I mean, they've been fade material all year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not buying in on the Lakers. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you buy them to maybe – you think they'll be in the play-in tournament, right? Or, I think they'll be in the yeah. play-in tournament, yeah. But then it gets dicey from there. Of course. Yeah. 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 No, the, the, the Lakers team, it's – I mean, they didn't make any trades. We're seeing during the All-Star break, you got LeBron James and commenting on other executives saying <laughs> Sam Presti's the MVP out in Oklahoma yeah. City, saying all this. He was even complimenting. I'm going to play out my son he, wherever he, he ends he, up. He complimented yeah. uh, L.A. Rams general manager Les Snead for going all in. Yeah. He said Les Snead is one of his guys because he went all in for that Rams getting them that Super Bowl. He Definitely sending the passive-aggressive shots to Rob Palinka and that Lakers brass for but why didn't you the, guys get any trades? But he's the one that, that built this team. Yeah. You know, the Russell Westbrook trade made no sense at all. Like, blame LeBron for putting this team together, not Palinka, not, not, not anybody else in the organization. Now, the reason why I question that is because if LeBron put that together, then why wouldn't LeBron also execute a trade at the trade deadline? Easier said than done. Nobody wants. No, who who's gonna, who wants Russell Westbrook? So, it sounds like who's he, giving you anything for him? Houston was ready to trade John Wall, but the Lakers yeah. would have had to ship over that first round pick, yeah. which is what they didn't want to do to nuke their future because they, they don't even have. But LeBron like, wants to have his cake and pick. eat it too. He yeah. wants to have all the players that are going to help him win, <laughs> and he still wants to keep the draft picks for the future. He wants. He, LeBron's playing fantasy basketball. What do you think happens in the offseason with this Lakers team? Westbrook's gone. You think so? It's got to do something. There's going to be changeover for sure. I think LeBron might be gone. That could be possible. That could be what happens. It it wouldn't shock me. I mean, I think the best move that they could make is to trade LeBron because he's already planting the seeds of Mm -hmm. kind of heading back to Cleveland, which has a young roster. They happen to have a max salary slot available in terms of their cap space. They're the number three seed right now in the Eastern Conference. This Mm -hmm. is a team that is – Starting to emerge here out east, and that's home. Why not make it a third trip to the Cleveland Cavaliers? And if you're the Lakers, this roster can't get much better with LeBron and Anthony nope. Davis's contracts nope. on the books. Nope. You almost feel like, hey, we won our one championship with this nucleus. Let's wash our hands. Let's get some first-round picks back and almost rebuild this thing. I would trade LeBron and Anthony Davis if I was Rob Polinka. Mm. I'm, I'm blowing the because I don't want Anthony Davis as my superstar because of his yeah. health. His durability is non-existent. And as the number one option, the best we've seen him do is take New Orleans Pelicans to the second round. Like he has not proven to be a Giannis type who he was being compared to less than a year ago. Now, if you make that comparison, people will laugh you out of the room. 
But less than a year ago, people were saying Anthony Davis was better than Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> Giannis has proven to be a championship player as a number one kind of caliber guy. Anthony Davis has not. I would trade both guys, get as many picks as possible, start over. Bubble title. That's all it was. <laughs> a bubble title. I, see, I think they would have won the title regardless if there was a bubble or not. They were one of the better teams that year anyways, were a number one seed out west. I think they would have won the title, but... People will put that asterisk that it is a bubble title for the Los Angeles Lakers. But they won their title. Mission accomplished in terms of LeBron going to L.A. You got your championship. Reset the deck because as of right now, it is looking grim for the Lake Show. On the other side, final segment. We'll take a look at Friday's card in College Hoops. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years have a plan and know the game be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Need more college basketball insight? Check out the podcast Coast to Coast Hoops. Greg Hoops Peterson will look at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. Greg has an opinion on every single college hoops game of the season. And on this podcast, he provides his unique insights and looks for those games that have solid betting opportunities. Download Coast to Coast Hoops now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, catch up on every VEASAN show as well. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the Nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at Circa. Femi Bebeface, Scott Seidenberg. We've been holding things down all evening long. Let's Scott, go. Scott is sweating out a parlay here. And it feels like USC, the tide is starting to turn. Yes. We were joking during the break that I think, what if USC's offense had to play its defense? I don't think it's four a point, but they're up by six now with about 840 to go in the game. And yeah, another bad offensive possession. I mean, this team, <laughs> Shocked. Is, this team is terrible. Shocked. I, I know Hoops uh, took the points with uh, uh, with Oregon with State. Leaves, yeah. He's looking smart here because, I mean, this USC team is just terrible offensively. And, back to and Oregon State just continues to hit threes. I thought there'd be some regression uh, with the three-point range, which there was, but USC never really took advantage of it. They missed several uh, offensive opportunities. Layups were being missed. Mm -hmm. We almost missed a dunk. We were joking about that one. But they do have a three-point lead now with about eight minutes left in the game. So I am alive, as they would say, just not looking good. 
Yeah, no, it's not looking great for you no. in terms of covering 10, 10 and a half is yeah. what you have to cover. So you need to win by 11 here. So it's looking a little bit difficult when the game gets late since it's slow down. Well, I said I, needed, I said I wanted a six-point lead with five minutes left is what I wanted. Yeah. And I'm close to it. You can get there. I, I said I'm up three with eight minutes. Now, Give me a six-point lead now with five are, minutes left. Are they going to execute down the stretch is what you need there? Because once you get your six-point lead, what's going to happen mm. then? And that's what USC hasn't proven in this game against Oregon State. I believe the Beavers are at the free throw line, trailing by three. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. We're hoping we're crossing the fingers, hoping this parlay can get home for our guy, Scott, who has done a good job with the other college basketball games this Arizona evening. up 20 right now. They're taking care of business. Yeah. That's a good team. And Newman's really high on Arizona. Likes to more, he says on a neutral, he would have them favored over Gonzaga. Hmm. I'd like to take Gonzaga in the point. Yeah, the points I, I, if you're going to give me Gonzaga plus money, <laughs> I'm going to grab it there. But, I mean, I, I hear what he's saying, and Arizona's size is incredible. Like, I mean, they look like a legitimate NBA team with yeah. three seven-footers there. They just – it's inferior. If you bet against them, it's just absolutely tilting watching them grab every single mm-hmm, rebound. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, why can't my team rebound the ball? And it's because <laughs> they're just way bigger than the opposition. Let's take a look, though. Uh, NBA, just to clean up some things in the NBA, we saw the Warriors cruise to victory. They win and cover as 10-point favorites, 132-95 over Portland. Then Denver cruised as well, 128-110 over the Sacramento Kings. They covered as four-point favorites in that game. But let's turn our attention now to college basketball and tomorrow's slate. Now, Fridays, especially late in the season, tend to be smaller slates with a lot of these games being played Saturday. Saturday's slate is off the charts, but here's what we have to work with tomorrow. And the first game we'll start with is none other than Iowa and Nebraska out there in the Big Ten. And right now, Iowa in this game is getting, or rather, sorry, they're laying 11 and a half points on the road in Lincoln total 161 and a half. But once jumps out to you in this matchup between Iowa and Nebraska, uh, it's a, it's a big number. It's a really big number. I, I, I kind of want to lay it though with, uh, with Iowa. This is a team that we just saw just dominate Michigan state. But then again, who hasn't dominated Michigan state at some points this, t- yeah, this, this season, uh, but I, I, they're the better team. They should win going away here. Does Nebraska put up any fight at home? This is a team that has lost three straight games. They lost to Maryland at home by like 16 points. So uh, I think Iowa goes in there and takes care of business. The only issue I would have with laying it with Iowa is that I don't know if their defense mm. is good enough to cover 11 and a half, especially on the road in conference play. I I like them in terms of being an underdog because they can score a lot of points Mm -hmm. as a favorite. I don't know if I'd be interested in Iowa, even though Nebraska has been dreadful. Yeah. I mean, absolutely dreadful. Although I lost a bet uh, betting on Minnesota of all teams against Nebraska. That did not go well for me, but outside of that game, Nebraska has been really bad, but I, I still would not lay it with Iowa just because their defense doesn't do enough for me to be able to win by margin. Uh, Let's, Continue down the card here. St. Louis and Richmond is going to be one of the better games of tomorrow's slate. Tips off at 4 o'clock Pacific time on Friday. And the Richmond Spiders laying three 
against St. Louis, total 143.5. Yeah, both these teams are, are competitive in the conference. you got St. Louis, 10 wins in the A-10, and Richmond with 9 wins in the A-10. Total was pretty low, in my opinion, 143. I could see this being a, a, a little bit of a high-scoring game. Uh, you just look at the, some of the games that these teams have played in the past. We've seen uh, touching high 70s. We've seen 80s. We've seen a 90, you know, so uh, I think this game might be one to look towards the over. Yeah, I think that's one that I will be looking to live bet. A live betting opportunity is not as volatile as NBA mm-hmm. in terms of live betting, but college basketball can still give you some good live betting opportunities just based on three-point variance. We're seeing more college teams shoot the three-pointer at volume, and that is what kind of gives you those juicy numbers on the live line. Another in-state game here, Akron and Ohio. And Ohio's laying seven at home, total of 132. What do you think about this matchup? In-state rivalry. Ooh, tough, but I'd lean Bobcats. Yeah. Better team at home Friday night or, you know, on campus. Get the job done. Yeah. For, uh, uh, on campus on a Friday, the students are lathered up. Yeah. They're lathered up. Yeah. They're ready to go. Uh, this total opened 130 and a half has gone up to as high as 133 over at DraftKings. So we're seeing a little bit of movement on the total. We're usually when the total rises, sometimes mm. the spread goes and follows with it as well. Right now we're still sitting at seven, which was the opener, but it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a seven and a half pop up overnight. Highest line on the board, San Diego State laying 22 at home against San Jose State. Can I get you to back the Spartans over the Aztecs? these low total games, man. I don't want to get suckered in again. I got suckered in with the San Diego Toreros earlier <laughs> this evening against St. Mary's. I was like, it's 127. I'm catching 13. What, what, could, what could go wrong? I lost my 14. It was close. Yeah, <laughs> until it wasn't. And then, again, <laughs> then it got close. But to me, I don't think I can get there with the Spartans. Uh, I can see this being the classic 55 35 games. Mm. Well, if that happens if they cover, if they only lost by 20. But 22, that's such a big number there. Such a Totals number. 125 in this game. So to cover 22 in a game with a total of 125, you're telling me that the other team is just not going to hit 40. Or, yeah, like 70 to, yeah, 70, 40, something. Yeah. That's 75, 40. That's threading a needle that I don't want to thread. Like, it's just, to me, it's threading the needle that I just, because I don't see San Diego State having the offensive prowess to get into the mid seventies against any team in the country. Like they just don't shoot the ball well enough Mm -hmm. and their offensive possessions are rather clunky. So I just think I'm like, gosh, they're probably going to score 65 (laughs) max. So that's what I'm working with. I got to go 65, 40, 65, 43. I don't know if I push. I don't think I can do that. That's, that's the one that I just going to stay away from. And we'll see yeah. what happens with that game. That's what tomorrow's college basketball slate looks like. Texas State and Troy in a toss-up game right here. Texas State, one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road with a total of 129 over at Troy. Yeah. How about Mammoth laying four at home against St. Peter's? little action over there at the Jersey Shore. You were saying that you might be interested in a little Monmouth. Can't play it in Jersey, but everywhere else you can. Can play it everywhere else. It's just <laughs> not in Jersey. Uh, I wish we had more time with Matt Humans because he had a lot of really good insight. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that jumped out to you from what he said? Because uh, a game that I circled for Saturday was Kentucky Arkansas, and I know we'll talk about that tomorrow. But that Bud Walton Arena, yeah, it is a really good home court advantage. We've already seen them take down Auburn this year, and it's to me, it's 
I don't think I could ever get there with Kentucky in this spot. Well, I kind of agree with him when I asked which of the teams is uh, more likely to suffer the upset here. Mm -hmm. Auburn, Tennessee, um, uh, Kansas, Baylor, or the Kentucky-Arkansas game. And he said the Arkansas game. And I I guess I would kind of agree if you're just looking at those three matchups. Yep. But I don't like betting against Kentucky ever. I do find it interesting you did not ask him about Sparty Party hosting Purdue. No, because I'm not getting in on that split. That, that I, You're not going to join the party no, with me? No. We're, we're going to know what the line is. We're going to get the openers or the openers for tomorrow coming up around 4 p.m., 5 p.m., around that time. So we will know the line when we do the show tomorrow, and you're going to have to talk me out of making this bet with Michigan State because like, I am this close to just firing whatever the opener is on Sparty. But I might just wait also what because I know. What a trash team. And, of course, this will be the game. They'll win this game. I'm telling you, Sparty. They'll win this game and give false hope to everything going on with Sparty this team. Sparty outright, and then it's January, February, Izzo. March Madness <laughs> is almost here. That does it for us here on the Nightcap. Thank you to James Alberino, NBA handicapper. Thank you to Johnny Avello, DraftKings Sportsbook Director. Thank you to Mike Sando, Senior Writer of The Athletic, and Matt Eumanns, VEASAN Host and Editor. Coming up, it is The Look Ahead with Greg Peterson here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.